Welcome to Hearts and Stripes, your one-stop shop for all things military marriage. I hope our discussions and interviews equip you with the tools to start or grow a beautiful marriage as we address the benefits and challenges of military marriage. I believe life's most precious moments are worth celebrating, so I'll help you design your marriage blueprint in alignment with your core values. Thank you for joining us, and remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to Hearts and Stripes podcast. I am your host, Bree Carroll, and I want to thank you for joining us for another Heart to Heart Here at Hearts and Stripes, we are all about strengthening military marriages, and it's our goal to bring marriage back in style. The way we do this is through engaging interviews, sharing resources, advice, and all the things that you need to strengthen your military marriage. So this episode is special, and it's special because I get the opportunity to chat with two of my friends, Nate and Felicia Wells. So before we jump into our discussion with them, I do want to footstop the fact that they are a mill-to-mill couple. So they are both serving in the Air Force. And I think that is one of the most challenging situations um, for military marriages. Just doing that mill-to-mill life just presents its own unique challenges. So I hope that you find this discussion um, insightful and can help any of my mill-to-mill couples out there. So... I will jump into their official bios, and then we will chat with Nate and Felicia. Felicia Wells is currently a major serving as an active duty Air Force maintenance officer, and she happens to be the first black female navigator and crew member of the mighty B-52 prior to her switching career fields. She is a graduate of Tuskegee University and HBCU, and she was the first black female graduate for Air Force Navigators. She has had a variety of experience in her Air Force career, uh, one of which is as a sexual assault response coordinator and another a research and rescue duty officer, in addition to her flying and maintenance careers. She is also a proud and active member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Nate Wells is currently a captain serving active duty Air Force as a maintenance officer as well. His previous stations include Cannon, Covis, and Tyndall Air Force Base. Nate was a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy. He also worked as an Air Force Academy diversity recruitment officer. Nate and Felicia Wells first were introduced by none other than Bree and Donovan Carroll at our wedding in 2015. They made a connection and were married spring of 2016. Their first joint spouse assignment was at Tyndall Air Force Base, Panama City, Florida, in January of 2017. After that, they have been thriving in their marriage, navigating this joint spouse relationship, and currently have a daughter who is one and a half, and we are all anxiously awaiting the arrival of their sweet baby boy, 
um, which is due in March of 2021. So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy my chat with my friends, Nate and Felicia Wells. Nate and Felicia, welcome to Hearts and Stripes podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys on to chat with you. Um, I I already know the behind the scenes, how you guys met and your story. But if you could tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourselves and your mill marriage story. So I would say for me, it started with uh, North Donovan and then yourself at Sports Base and uh, how we created a strong community there amongst about four or five families that we had together. And um, me and Donovan hit it off. And I remember your love story. I was glad to say I was there when when I met, uh, when you came into the picture. Yeah. And uh, infatuated Donovan was with you. And um, just the brotherhood that we formed there created opportunity for when you guys actually had your celebration wedding. Uh, He invited me to be one of his groomsmen. And in that process, a few months before that, he was like, hey, Nate, uh, I got some. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. He's, you know, he sent me a picture. You know how people know. Right. You got to send them brother a cake. That's the, that's the we did. Marathon. We planned this, Felicia. <laughs> you don't know. We planned this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I checked it out. I was like, all right, all right. And as the time was getting closer to one, I got it. All right, I got a little. Something actually to look forward to besides just the wedding. But um, so I had my thoughts in mind and I tried to uh, approach Felicia and, and doing the wedding and try to make my intentions known. Uh, but, and she can speak for herself, but she ended up pretty much telling me she wasn't feeling me at that moment. So, <laughs> so I had to. <laughs> Felicia had not gotten the briefing. We only gave you the briefing at our wedding. And it's funny that you say that, Felicia. I want to hear your side of it. What we what were your thought yeah. process just initially? Okay, so we were at a mutual friend's house, Tamika and uh Quincy. We're at their house, and y'all were like, Oh, we have a guy we want you to meet. By the time her wedding came around, I forgot all about like, oh yeah, we want because at that time in my life. Everybody I knew was like, oh, she's single. She's such a nice girl. Like, I got a nephew or, yeah, I want you to meet so-and-so. So I was very used to people introducing me to, you know, hey, gotcha. I, you know, why are you still single? So um, at that point, I kind of forgot. And so I was excited about, you know, coming to y'all's wedding. And, you know, I, I think I lost a couple of pounds. I was like, mm, I'm feeling good, you know. So y'all had like a little... uh I guess it was like a after party for the rehearsal or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it was nice. It was like, we went out and um, yeah, Nate, uh, Nate thought we were on a date. Like it was. So I that. Was trying. Maybe too hard, but I was trying. No. Okay. Nate, well, Nate so... was making his intentions known. And that's what I appreciate about Nate. He was not afraid. So... He was like, I'm going to let her know. Yeah, so uh, he did. Um, but I remember I was dancing, and we're out on the floor, and I'm like, you know, okay. And then he comes up behind me. Somebody else was trying to dance with me, and he literally did the, like, nah, bruh. Like, well, good, I, I, because I, look, now you're his wife, so he's completely yeah. justified. 
<laughs> right? But I'll never forget, like I turned around and I, I and I had saw it and I was like, are we in middle school? <laughs> you know, I, I, at the time it was, um, it made an impression on me. My initial thought was like, hmm, like it's a little territorial and I haven't met you, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, we sat down next to a large speaker and he proceeded to ask me some questions. So it was kind of like, we're in the club and um, you can't really hear. <laughs> asking me questions. But he did walk me to my car that night. That was really sweet of him. And then at the wedding, now, this is where he made an impression on me. But at the time, like, looking back on it, I wish I had received it better at the time. Yeah. But, you know, you, you have to, uh, I think it's part of our story. So, uh, and, and a good lesson to teach people. But, you know, I had my girlfriends, my sorors, or my sorority sisters. Yeah. Um, and and um, so I was having a great time at the wedding. And so Nate comes up and he's like, you know, do you need a drink? And, and I remember you were like, um, you know, I, I really want to get to know you. And like, so he came up to me and was like, I really want to get to know you. And he's very serious, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but then when he told me his age, I was like, oh, that's like an automatic, like, cause he's three years younger. And so I was like, oh, you're too young for me. (laughs) Right. But then he was like, you have an old soul. Yeah. Remember you telling me, he's like, oh, I have an old soul. And I'm like, you were like, like, you know what? (laughs) No. (laughs) I was just like, you know what? Um, You know, I'll take your number. I was like, and it was like, maybe we could network. At that time, I had just found out I was going to be a maintenance officer. So I was in transition from flying to going into maintenance. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll keep your number and, you know, but I, you know, I kind of wish you the best, like no, no harm, no foul. I think you're a sweet guy. It's just probably not for me right now. And so, but my girlfriend, Kelly was sitting beside me. It was uh, also oh, a story yeah. sister. Uh, Tamika, he had talked to Tamika, um, I guess when they were getting drinks or something right. like that, like, even though I turned him down, he really made a great impression on my friend. There we go. Really great impression. So, um, a couple of months later, not a month, one even, I don't even know if it was a month later, but I just want to remind you, Nate was, Nate was on, he was on to the next. So he totally <laughs> met another girl at the same wedding, same night, maybe a few minutes later. And we had um, good people at this wedding. Exactly. <laughs> So don't think that he was like, you know, oh, like dejected or anything. He definitely uh, went out and had a great time. So it wasn't, but uh, fast forward to a few months later, you know, I was talking to, I, I was on, I think I was just talking to Tamika and she was like, you know what, that guy you met at the wedding, he was such a, he's a really great guy. Like I talked to him and she was like, you know, you should give him a chance, like, you know, or just, just call him, you know, yeah. and talk to him and hear him out. So she said that. And literally that night I, I, I call, I called and when I called him. I was like, you know, you've really been on my mind. <laughs> and then from there. Nate, hold on. Wait, we got to stop. Nate, what do, you th- <laughs> what do you think, Nate? So the, so the, the script flipped at that point. I'm like, like she said, I'm already like, move past my I'm here to help network. You know, I'm, a, I'm always a friendly guy. So is she going to need help in maintenance or she got some maintenance questions? You know, I'm willing to help you out or whatnot. You know, I wasn't really trying to, and I even called my boys to like, guess, guess who called me? 
I believe it. I totally I believe it. I believe I'm like, it. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna help out, but you know, we'll see what's up. But, uh, but so, but she kept wanting to talk. We kept talking, and I was like, okay, okay, we uh, keep, keep moving up the ladder. <laughs> moving so, up the ladder. <laughs> there you go. So, I, so, you know, the more we talked, the more I liked her, and uh, just have more of a connection than. Um, there are some other people I was uh, interested in at the moment. So, and she made the, the top of the list eventually. We went, we had a lot of talks, uh, I would say date talks, and I like to remind her sometimes, like, most of our dating initially was really just by phone, because we weren't living yeah. near each other at all. Right. And, and she likes to say our first date was when I helped her move down from uh, whether it was Shepherd, no, no. So to- this man, which I never had before, well, or ever, but I thought that I thought it was so sweet that he was willing to fly to Dallas, then drive from Shre- from Dallas to Shreveport, Shreveport, yeah, pick me up, well, um, and then help me drive all the way to Florida, and. You know, we'd only been, we'd been talking on the phone and, and yeah, we did have some phone dates, but I think like our first time, not in a club or at a wedding, you know, <laughs> our first time, like just one-on-one, um, you know, in, in person was literally a road trip mm-hmm. and that kind of forces you. And literally, I don't, we listened to some songs or whatever, but we talked a lot, like, um, and we literally drove. So, so, I mean, some people might think that might be a little insane at first because it's like, well, this could go like, it could go like either way. Right. Mm-hmm. And these days, you know, but, um, he was a very trustworthy guy and, um, you know, really, I, I felt, I felt comfortable at that point, um, you know, driving cross country with him, but then, uh, he was very sweet, very gentleman and, I didn't, I mean, I was really blown away at just how chivalrous he was. Um, those are some things that I had never uh, experienced um, with a guy and, or, or was expected to, you know, um, expected to pay half on things. And, you know, that really never came up. So those are things that like, I, um, that kind of made a big impression on me. I was like, hmm, he's not asking me to, you know. Oh, okay, right. can you split half or can you help me out on this? Like, he's very independent, but very nice and was willing to help me. I think I and have to interject was... here. Okay, because go ahead. you guys have your version of the story, but of course we have our version of the story. And yeah. what we did actually, while we were doing the guest list and thinking of the people who would be at a wedding, and I mean, you guys have had a wedding, so you understand. We were literally thinking about, okay, the seating chart. Who's who should be in proximity of who? Like, what would be bad? What would be good? And as we started looking at the seating chart, we were like, wait a minute. We should put the single people in close proximity. And then we were like, wait, who would make a good? And and it was like instantly Donovan and I both were like, Nate and Felicia. We knew. We just were like, Nate and Felicia. And and I have to brag on Nate here because I love how you started off by just saying that y'all really have like a brotherhood and it's really awesome to see a bunch of one African-American male officers who come together 
They seek wisdom from one another. They can confide in each other. They can talk shop. They can talk life stuff. And it's really refreshing just to see how close they are. So I knew Nate always as being a gentleman, always as being the person who was going to offer you some biscuits before church because we would all go to to church together. Always the person that's like, hey, I'm trying to rub your stomach because you're pregnant. So I always saw Nate as this kind, caring person. And then I was like, uh, Felicia would be a great compliment to that because you are very, a very sweet person. You were also like your uh, personalities. We just were like, y'all could just be talking for days and y'all would be laughing and just enjoying each other's company just because your personalities are so complimentary. So from months prior to the wedding, we were like, okay. And we had like two up to, it was three total. We had like three possibilities. We was like one and then two possibles, like, like spades. But we just really excited <laughs> to see how you guys would, engage and talk with one another. And I appreciate Felicia, your honesty. When you first met Nate, you just weren't in that mindset yet or of even looking for anyone because you felt like, well, everybody's trying to get me <laughs> connected with somebody. And when you took the time and got to know one another, even through distance, which I think is probably typical for some mill to mill couples and maybe they start at the same location, but it was, it's really awesome to hear how that communication that you had early on is like the foundational thing that you have in your relationship, because that's, that's how y'all really bonded. I like how Nate said like that, those were your dates. You had a bunch of phone dates leading up to the road trip that would eventually take you on a trip through life together. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And you know, I can't thank y'all enough for right taking all the credit. Here at Hearts and Stripes <laughs> podcast, we will hook you up with your future spouse. No, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to try that another time. <laughs> we'll try Free that of charge. <laughs> right, right. But we'll yeah. just have more mm-hmm. celebrations and you guys can meet each other. But I mean, you guys yeah. have done so much. Like you said, you were li- you were stationed in different locations. Um, when you guys decided to marry, then you were able to um, come together. But I guess for dual... Give us a picture because all the listeners aren't mill to mill. So kind of what were the challenges that you guys saw as mill to mill couples and what advice would you give? So, I mean, obviously one of the biggest challenges is just the simple fact that you have to go into knowing that there's a high possibility. There's a possibility of you being potentially separated by the Air Force or, or some couples. Uh, choose to do it depending on the uh, situation that they find themselves in. That the <laughs> so, um, you know, we was at separate bases and I was still trying to pretty much finish up some things and aspirations at Canon before I left. And I had a year left and we got married. We, uh, we did a small ceremony with just immediate family at first. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of typical of a lot of military marriages too. I, I, Absolutely, you know, we like did that. The paperwork, yep. the paperwork first before you, and just sign with my my family. They're not military at all, so they didn't quite understand. But anyway, that's another story for another. Two weddings. It's like, oh, I'm married. Yeah. But uh, so we we got married in order to at our next assignment. We had to 
high potential of being assigned together. Right. And, and even though that separation table, like, well, if we marry and they don't get us in the same base, now they have to pay us for it. So, so um, I didn't know that. That's that's different. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that so it, the military has made a great change in the amount of effort that they put into keeping couples together. And I will say our curriculum in particular, we are very close to our Air Force Personnel Center um, maintenance officers, and they put a lot of time, energy, and effort to thinking about what's the best for not not just our career field, but us as a couple. That's and, awesome. Uh, I, that's, that's an awesome positive change that I've seen in the Air Force, because, you know, you talk to some older folks, and it definitely was not like that at all. The, right. The effort wasn't nearly as much. They literally prioritized us on the Rumble Move list above everybody else now. So that is very encouraging to know that they they make a lot of strides in helping to keep up together. But there's still always that possibility that you know we could be uh, at separate locations because at the end of the day, therefore, it needs. Um, it's going to come first for the personnel center, you know, so they're going to do their best, absolute best, and I feel very confident in that. So if it does come to that point, um, I don't feel, I don't think I'll be begrudging only because I know from past experiences that they work very hard in order to make it work. Right. No, I think that's that's awesome to point out. I and I do appreciate every branch, specifically Air Force, because we're Air Force, um, for making that effort to keep families together. I think um, most leader, most of leadership, you will hear them say family first, or that would be within the three top things that they talk about. Right. Um, and and I and I like to hear stories and experiences of people actually seeing that for themselves. So. Felicia, advice. What advice would you give to uh, dual military couples? Um, let's see. So we we talked about you know it just communication, right, with our functional, um, and then also being having more real, kind of changing your focus. I know, like, um, we're to be an officer, you know, or you join the military and, you know, you have your goals, you you know, you have what you've set out for your career. Right. And then you meet someone and you have to figure out how to, how are we going to merge these careers? That's good. Um, Yeah. Granted, you have some couples who are like, you know what, like we can see each other when we retire. Um, that is not, that's, I can't roll like that, but there, there, there might be some people out there that are right. like that. Like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll take whatever. Um, for me, I, I think that I, it, it, it has been really important. Like, um, what, what, to be more realistic about what your expectations are. Um, and, um, do you want, like, a, is there a location you want? Is there a dream job? And then how do you, um, you can't just do that on your own or make a decision in a bubble like that. So I can't just call a PC and be like, yeah, um, I, I really want to go to Germany, but he doesn't want to go. So if you can just send me, you know, you can't, um, you <laughs> right. could do that. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't know if that's, that's 
good for you know right. longevity, right? And I like so, how you're um, saying it. It has to be complementary because it's not just I'm looking at my career project progression, but it's like I'm looking at our progression. What works? Um, who who is flexing? And I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about um, you know your individual career goals and aspirations because I think one of the interesting things that we talked about previously was just how, because you are both um, maintenance officers, you, you end up in different, um, not in the same chain of command, right? So that also determines like the bases that you'll be at and the opportunities that you're able to, um, and the positions you're able to fill. So I think it, that is a very good point in finding that one, communication is key. And two, realizing the bigger picture of how can this family be successful as opposed to like just individuals kind of being successful. Yeah. So a a tip I have too is um, with their last couple of assignments, we would talk to AFPC together. So um, we'll call, you know, and, and I would say coming from a different career field. So, you know, in the ops and flying world, it, it was kind of a, it might've changed since then, you know, things do change, but calling the functional is like a no, no, like, right. <laughs> um, but in this, so that was like a, a change in culture for me. It's like, Oh, we can call them and, mm-hmm. you know, and have a, you know, and, uh, and they know who we are. Um, so, but we actually make it a point to talk to them together. We kind of have like a game plan before we talk to them and then, you know, and then talk That's to good. them. But um, I think that, uh, and then we try not to speak um, too much on the other person's behalf, right? So um, I try to let Nate, uh, you know, speak for himself and for his career, uh, and then uh, and and it's reciprocated. So um, unless it's something that we've talked about or they, you know, that's so awesome. you just try to make sure you're on the same page, but also still, you know, I, I don't feel like Nate's calling the shots for me and I'm not calling the shots for Nate. And, you know, so that way there's no, um, I don't want to say ill will, but there's, there's no like, Hey, this happened behind my back. Y'all are making decisions without me, you know, I think right. it's kind of just transparent. Um, and right. I think that's, that's helped. So I, I would say that, um, we have not given up on our personal goals as far as career aspirations. Um, and I, I would That's awesome. encourage people not to do that. Um, but, you know, as again, as, as I've sought advice before, you know, and we have not come across the situation yet, but it may be some, some basis where, Hey, you may have a quote unquote, take the back seat at this assignment location. Um, because this person really needs this job right here. If you still want to stay together, or, or it may flip the script at the next assignment location. And we we kind of talked about that too about those possibilities. Um, I know once she she's closer to the command than I am, right? Because she's my my senior in rank and uh, career progression and all that. So if once she commit makes command, um, that that may put me in a position where. You know, I, I have to take a staff job and I'm okay with that. My next assignment, I'm not. I'll just make that clear. But, but I know. <laughs> There's compromise. No, I like that. That's real. That's real, though. It's right. compromise. But, but, you know, after that, you know, 
Uh, I, I already kind of go into that. It's two career fields, but one family. I, I think that's kind of I like that, the overall yeah. message. Um, and we try to, like she said, plan and make moves as a family as best we can. And your bosses will talk to you and ask you your opinion. What you what police you want to do? And I can tell her what she said as much as I can, but I'm like, she's still her own person. Like, right. Yeah, people <laughs> people try to do that to us. Where and I think at this base, uh, because we're in such close proximity, mm-hmm. um, I, like we're literally we have literally the same job just in in separate yeah, squadrons, right. and there's yeah. only two squadrons really. Well, there's three, but I mean, two maintenance squadrons. So, gotcha. um, so we're very visible and, um, I think that it's gotten better because like when people initially do it, I'm like, well, did you ask captain Wells? Cause they're like, Oh, uh, um, did you know, they'll, they'll ask right, they're trying to ask you. Him no, or, yeah. I like, like that well, you guys you do that. That or, is really yeah, good. So. Cause I think oftentimes couples can get in trouble because even though they had a closed door conversation about something, they just feel like they can speak on behalf of the other person. But I think in this situation, you guys handle it very well to where you still want that person to speak for their own career or, or answer for themselves. Because one of the things I like to talk about on this podcast is boundaries. When you start creating habits and people are like, oh, well, I can just go talk to Felicia about Nate that creates a habit and then they will continue to do that. Whereas you guys set boundaries to where it's like, Nope, <laughs> if you have a question, you will direct, you know, you will address him or her and, and hear it directly from them. But at the same time, I like that you acknowledge that you guys are on the same page. You have an understanding to where when you come home, it's, you know, there, there's mutual respect and understanding that's there. And that's, that's awesome to hear. So guys, I heard through the grapevine or or via Amazon that someone wrote a book and I'm excited to hear about the book, everything that um, went into it, the inspiration behind it. Nate, share a little bit about the book. Tell us the title and kind of why you decided to to write this book. So so you guys recorded the whole time. Awesome. Book that I, I wrote with the inspiration of um, my wife and family, A Law of Faith and Bullets. It's the overall title of the book, the self-titled Mind Spoken Assignment. Um, and really is a collection of poems that I've written over years, several years, uh, since I was a teenager. And the initial point of me even starting to write poetry was really, uh, if you're familiar with Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, and that had a great impact in my life at that time. Right, and, uh, right. Because you're originally from there. Right. And so this pretty much forced us to move and, you know, destroy my community, essentially. And, I, you know, it, it, it turned my life at that point in my life upside down a lot. So I didn't really have too much of a strong outlet of how to deal with it all uh, at, at that point. And for just 
God just starts talking to me, words just start coming, and I just start writing it down. And I'm a, I'm a huge introvert. You know, I'm an introvert, and I keep a lot of emotions stuck inside. And this is just one way for me to start releasing it. And from there, I just kept writing. And I've had people over the years that encouraged me to write and share and, and uh, keep it going. And then I started, as I got better and better at it, I started using that song, you know, uh, impress the ladies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so I use it a lot. Uh, wrote a lot of little love notes and things like that. And um, So from the time I was a teenager to about uh, graduate from college, uh, is most of these poems that I've, I've written. Um, and I've written, obviously I've written more since then, but right, right. I just want that time period to be kind of captured uh, in that time. And my dad, he was one of the first people, along with someone from a high school friend, that said, hey, you should put all these things in a, in a book. And for years, they kept telling me that. I was like, oh, okay, that'll be cool. That'll be nice someday. And I just, I never put a lot of oomph behind it. Yeah. Um, and then one deployment, I had a friend that kind of put me over the edge and was like, you know, you should, you should really do it. And it got me want to actually really, really do it. So start putting the energy and effort into figuring out how to, how to get done. And I had one cool friend. And obviously, Felicia was in my life at that point, and she was very encouraging and helped me out. And she came up, she actually helped out with this design quite a bit for the cover. So she came up with the design of the book. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that friend helped me edit it and get it all together and put in the collection and figuring out how to get it published. And Amazon makes it easier. Nobody ever did Amazon publishing before. Yeah. Amazon publishing makes it a whole lot easier to publish these days. Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been a few years back anyway. So I think it was just perfect timing. Um, That's awesome. To, to do it. So it's a collection of some of my good works from high school to college, covering everything from love to military life to my faith. And that's why I call it Love, Faith, and Bullets to capture all those different synopsis of what my life really was. And yeah. I love it. I'm really excited that one, you felt led to put it in book form. I think um, I have a great respect for people who go the extra mile in author works, books, um, collections of poems, because that's something that can um, outlive you. That's something that you can pass to multiple generations and that, that they can see. So I'm really excited, Nate, that you um, finally decided to do it. I'm excited to see what's next because um, I know you, you haven't stopped writing. I know that's something that, like you said, that's an outlet of yours and there's some, some more great things that I can see come from that. Felicia, thank you for being an encouragement to him and, and having him see out that dream. But I just wanted to ask, you know, what is your last bit of advice for anyone um, that may be mill to mill, that may just be in their marriage, or that may be feel led to do something like a book and author something that's kind of bigger than themselves? What advice would you give to them? As far as the book goes, 
if you want to do something. It's, I would say it's scary, right? Because you walk into unknown waters. You know, how do I do this? How do I get started? And sometimes you don't, you don't want to always tell everybody what you're doing because people can be discouraging. Right. But, you know, if you have that one friend that you know is willing to help you out, sometimes just picking up that phone call. And I knew a friend that knew a little bit about something that was willing to research with me. Like, okay, let's, let's see what can we do and how we can get it done. And, and that really helped out to actually getting it done. And just that first step. Uh, uh, when it comes to military marriage, and we talked about this on with talking with you, it's just commitment. Yeah. Uh, having a commitment to each other and not letting the military or anything else, you know, separate you between us and trying to prioritize us, which is it's a lot. It's always a lot together. I don't think I get it right all the time. I guess most days, sometimes I don't. Um, trying to trying to balance it all, but uh, you still have to prioritize your relationship. Absolutely. Above everything else, all right? Commitment to each other and commitment to helping each other grow and with their career paths. Yes. And, I know I, I listen to your podcast. I know you speak similar on those things, especially for non-military spouses, you know, and encourage them to co- continue to seek out their careers. It's, it's, but when it comes to mill-to-mill, you, got, you definitely have to put a little bit extra planning and thought involved in when it comes to what, well, what is going to be our next move? Because... yeah. Even though I'm moving, is this base going to fit her career mm-hmm. as well? Is it going to work for her? Or does she have to do something else temporarily? When we're making our recommendations, I should say, because it's not our choice. Right, right. right. <laughs> our recommendations yeah. to AFGC. Like, this is what we think, <laughs> yeah. you know? Our wish list, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so it's, it takes a lot of thought, planning, and commitment as well. So I absolutely love that. Let, <laughs> let her speak. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was something me and Nate, uh, definitely commitment. And, I, and I'm not going to, I mean, we kind of talked about that beforehand. So um, being committed to each other, no matter what, I think that, um, the military, I was, it's, I don't want to say it's a machine, but it's definitely, it can take a lot from you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you can give it a lot, you know, and, um, but at the end of the day, um, I get to come home, you know, to, you know, my family and I want that to be intact. Right. So sometimes, right. um, what you kind of, you know, um, I don't let that define me or, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, or let that, you know, you, sometimes you want to like, you know, hang your accomplishments on your shoulders and stuff, but, uh, or wear them. Right. But, um, yeah. and in this instance, like, um, I, I just, what, what we value and, um, what our vows, you know, um, 
that Nathan wrote, actually. Uh, yeah, I actually wrote her vow. Or I helped, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the author but, um, take the credit this week. Yeah. There we go. So, um, being an English major, I know how to cite, right? So, like, <laughs> um, but um, definitely, like, that That was, like, the core of um, our marriage and this covenant that we made with each other. And it's and at the center of it has always been committed. I'm committed to you no matter what. Um, and, you know, no matter how the tides may roll, right? So, um, whatever comes our way, like we've been able to, and we've, we've had some tough times, you know, this, we're, we don't, you know, this assignment we're on here is a humanitarian. My mother got sick, you know, she, you know, passed of cancer in January and that's a tough time on both of us, but we, and, right. um, trying to take care of somebody learning a new job, um, taking care of a six month year old, you know, or six month old, not year old, but so that was, um, we had a lot of challenges, but through that, we stayed committed. And even with COVID, you know, trying to stay committed, uh, work teleworking, right. you know, trying to figure that out. Um, and, um, but at the end of the day, like, uh, I don't think we've ever lost the commitment to each other. So, um, and I, and that's kind of rare these days because, you know, relationships, like, you know, you're not always going to be happy. Right. You know, it, it can't always, it's like, you know, that love and feeling, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, I think a lot of times people base their, um, their, their relationships, I don't want to say status, but, um, how well they're doing based on their feelings. And you're absolutely um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And feelings can be fickle. Right. So, um, I think that, our, our decision, our continual decision to be committed, um, has been at the heart of it. And I know that, um, at the heart of our decisions and, and, and the moves we make, like we're committed to each other, whether he's deployed, whether yeah. we're, you know, uh, together or not. So, and I love that you put that portion in there about commitment and choosing to continue continually choose one another in your covenant, regardless of how you feel. And to go back on what Nate was saying, it sounds like summing it up, you guys have always had um, a pretty healthy community, which has led you guys either to one another, supported you through um, authoring the book and continues to be um, just a good group around your marriage, which keeps it healthy. And then within your marriage, that commitment is what keeps you moving forward. So I'm excited. I love that you guys are um, a couple that we can reach out to and um, have chats like this, like off camera, (laughs) but just have chats like this and just be real about what it looks like to be committed and to think about career progression and growth individually, right? And, but still want to be complimentary and, and just go through this military life. And I know it looks a lot different from, for you guys being mill to mill, but it is so important to have those strong couples who you can just reach out and say, you know what? He got on my nerves today. And I know he's probably about to call me. So it's fine. (laughs) Right. He's, he's probably going to call Nate or text or text in the group and just be like, hey, y'all, 
what y'all doing? And that's his way of reaching out to say, you know, everything, you know, just wanting an escape. But it's a it's a safe place to escape to because we know we have couples like you that also have that same um, vision of what it means to be committed, what it means to be a family of faith, what it means to want to be ambitious and leave a legacy for your family and just being in community with couples like you guys has been such a value to our relationship. So before I let you guys go, one of my favorite parts of the podcast is heart tracks. So I want to know what your heart tracks, what is the Wells heart track for, for this episode? You ready? All right. So we decided on Al Green. Oh, some Al Green. Um, and I think it's let's stay together. I love that. Yeah. So let's um, stay together. It was, it was. It wasn't our. Yeah, it was not our wedding song, but they did play it at our wedding, and um, I, I like that loving you when, whenever you know, um, and that really speaks to like the. Um, it's a commitment. commitment. Yeah. I love that. Yes, that is perfect. Al Green, let's stay together. That is the heart track. So disclaimer, y'all, because I was at Nate and Felicia's wedding and I was like, I wonder what their song is going to be because at the time I was pregnant and I was in the bathroom sick. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what the song would be because I missed that part because of pregnancy. Thanks. <laughs> But no, Al Green, let's stay together. I love that. That is our heart track for this episode. Thank you so much, Nate and Felicia. I'm excited to continue to cheer you guys on. You know, Donovan and I love you guys. And thank you for being on Hearts and Stripes podcast. All right. Thank, thank you. you. We love you. Love you too, Bree. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. This is Hearts and Stripes. We are the few, the proud that aim high and are forged by love. Always ready, always there. We are Mill Marriage Strong.